We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, Tuesday, March the 28th, 2023. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, your host of the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. Appreciate you all tuning in here on this Tuesday. I see Justin Langford, John Edwards, Stephen Boyle Jr., Travi, C. Youngblood, Ethan. My guy Gad, appreciate you coming out last night, my friend. Had a really, really good time at Carolina Ale House on Woodruff Road. Todd Smith, uh, what's going on? Madison Duncan, what's up? Justin Langford, appreciate y'all. Also, those... In the Big Cock Club Discord, head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel. Be sure your questions are answered there. Again, we are rocking. We are rolling. We are live here on this Tuesday. And guys, of course, as always, TDC brought to you by our friends over at Price Picks. Go down to the Price Picks app. Go to PricePicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive 100% instant deposit match up to... $100. Guys, you can play anything and everything. College sports, pro sports, anything and everything you can think of. They've got it over at Price Picks. Hey, opening day is on Thursday. I know we're really excited for that. So you can play MLB. Of course, we got March Madness still going on. Golf as well, right? Masters Week upcoming. Be sure you get your picks in. So many fans and listeners of the Daily Crow and of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Price Picks. And you should as well. So again, that's our friends at Price Picks. Go download the Price Picks app. Go to PricePicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Austin Greer says, the show 23 is fire. Austin, I- I'm not a huge gamer. The only reason I'd get games is to, like play with my buddies, right? Like I got... Uh, PGA Tour 2K23, literally just because I had a buddy that has it. And I was like, let's let's play like a little bit here and there. But if I'm not going to play MLB The Show, like, like I'm not just going to sit there and play myself. Like the only thing I might play Road to the Show, uh, I'm not, again, a huge gamer, but the only, there's two game modes I could play for hours and hours on end. It's Road to the Show and Road to Glory. I, I could play those two things for hours on end. The rest of it... I, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a huge gamer. I feel like when I'm gaming, I'm like, I'm killing time where I should be doing something else that's more productive. That, that's just how my brain tends to work. Uh, I do guys, let me start by saying thank you to all of those who came out last night to Carolina Ale House on Woodruff Road. Had a great crowd, fantastic time watching the Gamecocks get the big W over Maryland and now South Carolina 
will take on Iowa in the Final Four Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And yes, you guessed it. In case you missed it on social media, we will be back at Carolina Ale House on Woodruff Road. Really looking forward to it. Going to be really fun. Again, a 9 o'clock tip-off. I'll probably get out there uh, about 8 o'clock or so. Of course, baseball will also be going on simultaneously. So you can be rest assured, yours truly, we're going to have the laptop pulled up. I'll have the game going, the baseball game field, and then we'll be watching South Carolina and Iowa on the TVs at Carolina Ale House. But again, really exciting stuff, guys. If you need a place to watch the game, Carolina Ale House and Woodruff Road in Greenville, South Carolina, that is the place to be. Going to be a lot of fun for sure. And uh, looking forward to South Carolina trying to punch their ticket to the national championship, which will be set on Sunday, I believe like 7 o'clock. I'm not exactly sure the time, but uh, for that as well, we'll be right back out at Carolina Ale House on Woodruff Road in Greenville, South Carolina. Really looking forward to it. To all the upstate Gamecocks who cannot make it to Dallas and all the Gamecocks in general, but especially if you're in the upstate, you need a spot to watch the game with the Gamecocks, come on out to Carolina Ale House on Woodruff Road. Well, it's also a very busy week in the upstate because the spring tour stops downtown Greenville Thursday, which again will effectively serve as a watch party for the baseball game as the Gamecocks begin their series against Mississippi State. That game will start at 7 o'clock, and it will be aired on the big channel, SEC Network, so we will get to watch that game together. Really looking forward to getting out there on Thursday night and hanging out with you guys, and uh, we'll be selling merch, of course, the tour shirts, which, by the way, thank you all so much for the love and support in regards to the Beamer Ball to the Moon 2023 tour t-shirts. The reception on those has been incredible. It's been extremely positive. You guys have been buying up the merchandise. I actually just put in another order today. Uh, we'll also have Beamer Ball towels and koozies for sale, koozies to give away. We'll have things to give away for free. So, uh, yeah, really, really good stuff. Really, really good stuff. Looking forward to it. We are going to be all over the upstate the next week, week and a half or so. Uh, Austin Greer, it's good for mental health to unplug from the world. Video games is that to me and many others. No, Austin, I agree with you 110%. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, everybody needs their way to detach. And for some people, it is video games. I'm not, I'm not anti, uh, Austin, I'm far from anti video games. I love playing video games. Like I grew up playing video games, right? Like I was playing Super Nintendo, Donkey Kong. Like, like I was, you know, I love video games. Um, I'm just at this point in my life, like I'm not really a huge gamer. Um, you know, I, I more so often utilize video games for content, which is why we do the NCAA football stuff. That's literally why, <clears throat> excuse me, that's literally why I bought a PlayStation 5. That's why I bought a PlayStation 5, was to be ready, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, to be ready when the new NCAA football drops eventually. I don't know when it's going to drop, but eventually when it does, I will have the console. Uh, anyways, let's see. Let's see here. Let's get into your questions. I see Austin Moore, Xavier, Will Hall. Um, what's going on, guys? Appreciate y'all. Travis, is it just me or we've never heard of Sam Simpson? He just hasn't pitched a lot, and he was hurt last year, Travis. I think that's why you probably haven't heard of him. Um, he hasn't pitched because he was injured a year ago. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it is also game day, of course, for the Yardcocks. Gamecocks taking on the Citadel. It's a big day in college baseball, by the way. Uh, Texas, Texas A&M. That's a great game tonight. Um Florida, Florida State were supposed to play. They were supposed to play. But uh, that one, I think, is it got, got postponed due to bad weather. So, 
Some great games tonight, though, and of course, Gamecocks are down there at the Joe's. So all the low country Gamecocks, I've, I've already seen a couple of people saying they're going to the game. Are you going to the game? Joe Riley Ballpark in Charleston, South Carolina, 7 o'clock first pitch. ESPN Plus for those who cannot make it. Um, anyways, guys, in the meantime, hey, by the way, Shane Beamer is speaking to the media today to give updates on spring practice, what have you. We will have that right here. So you don't need to go anywhere We'll have that right here. It actually says 1227 on YouTube is when he will speak. So do not go anywhere. We will air that right here for you guys. We'll air that right here for you guys. I'm very intrigued to hear what Shane has got to say in regards to um, spring practice and everything going on and obviously hope that things are going well. I would assume they are going well. Uh, let's see, guys, really excited for the conversation we're going to have on the podcast on Thursday. Uh, I saw the clip with Michael Bratton of that SEC podcast. He does a great job, by the way, SEC Mike on Twitter, as you guys probably know him better. He had a conversation, though, with Braden Gall, and I think the clip got a lot of attention because he said that, uh, you know, he, he said that Tennessee was going to whoop South Carolina's ass. He also mentioned that he said that the Gamecocks were going to beat Florida. But, you know, he said what he said. Uh, <laughs> he said what he said. Uh, anyways, though, Braden Gold does a great job. He's the owner of 440 Sports. He's a host on ESPN Radio, works with Athlon Sports, does a great job, like I said. So we're going to have him on the podcast on Thursday to talk Gamecocks, to talk SEC football, to maybe clarify some of his comments that he made in regard to South Carolina, Tennessee, if you will. Um, so going to be a lot of fun. Again, it's never a bad time of year to talk SEC football and, of course, talk Gamecocks football and and uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, by the way, uh, Madison Dawn gave me a small scare when Maryland got the lead. However, the Lady Gamecocks focused to grab the final four ticket. Very proud. Great day to be Gamecock. Yeah, I mean, it's – I wasn't surprised at all, man. I, I have learned not to worry when it comes to Dawn Staley's team. Um, I've learned not to worry. Now, I, I'll tell you this. I'm so excited for – the game on Friday to see Caitlin Clark and just how South Carolina is able to, <clears throat> you know, combat her, if you will, or slow her down, how they're able to slow her down. Um, I mean, I would expect the Gamecocks to win, you know, your 11 and a half point favorites. Um, you know, they've got one great player. We've got a whole team full of great players. So I'm not too concerned about it, to be honest with you. I, I, at this point, guys, it's it's really, truly South Carolina's trophy to lose. It, it is. It is. And, uh, you know, I, I don't see any reason. Uh, unless South Carolina beats themselves, which I don't think is going to happen, I, I think the Gamecocks have got a clear path to the national championship. So, <clears throat> Hunter Kelly, what's up, my friend? How are you? Travis says, who's Blake Franks? Blake Franks is an offensive line target, my guy. Offensive line target. Yep. Offensive line target. So, I don't know what it is lately, guys, but I have just, you know, it, I think what happened is like as the weather warms up, I mean, I love baseball. Obviously, I'm locked in on baseball. But as the weather warms up, I start to get the football itch, believe it or not. I start to get the football itch. I really, really do. And I, and I don't know what it is. I don't know why necessarily it is, but I, I just do. You know, I just do. And I was actually looking at SEC football helmet schedules for the 2023 season. And, uh, yeah, just the schedules as a whole, man, I, I don't know. I just, as we get closer to, like, the spring game, too, I think there's just nothing that 
there's nothing that moves the needle in regards to talking about it like SEC uh, football as a whole. You know what I mean? It's it just it's 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 unrivaled. It's truly unrivaled. Um, Steven says they let Maryland press and got them in a foul trouble and then brought the pain. Yeah, that was a lot of fun watching it at uh, at Ale House. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We had a great crowd for it. Like I said, uh, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I am very excited, as I mentioned, to watch Caitlin Clark to see that matchup because you hear you hear so much about her. Um, you just hear so much about her and how good she is and all that. So I, I'm excited to see what they do, how they'll slow her down. But again, I've got uh, I got really no concerns, man. To be honest with you, I got no concerns at all. So. LSU student accused of breaking in a Tiger Stadium and stealing $1,500 worth of beer. And that's at LSU, Tiger Stadium, if you're not familiar. How about that? $1,500 worth of beer. All right. What a, what a, what a, uh, what a crime, if you will. Jesse Jacobs also here in Greenville, North Carolina. A little banter with my ECU baseball buddies. How we have not jumped them in the official rankings is wild. Yeah, but I, th- I think they're high on East Carolina. You know, I, I'm, again, I, I don't allow myself to get too, too antsy, too worked up over the, over the rankings just because, um, you know, you keep winning, takes care of itself. You keep winning, it takes care of itself. By the way, I want to say thank you to Mark Ryan for stopping by last night. That was very unexpected and very funny. Mark Ryan, I didn't realize the radio station is right there down the road from Carolina Ale House on Woodruff Road. So Mark stopped by last night and, uh, you know, I saw him. I was like, dude, we got to get a picture because as expected, the picture with the, 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 the picture drew quite the reaction on social media. So, but it was a great time. That was actually the first time, guys, last night. That was the first time I've ever met Mark in person. And, uh, He's a great dude, man. I, I need I say less. Great dude. Um, yeah, highly suggest if you guys ever get an opportunity to go out into any of their events or anything like that, definitely do so. Definitely do so. I think you'll you'll find. I think I think it's really honestly. I, I think it's important for people to do that. I think it's important for people to do that because you know it gives you that human element, right? Too too often, I think people you know they'll consume my content, they'll consume other people's content, but they will. You know, you, you create this persona of what this person is and who this person is in your head, and you lose sight of the human aspect of things. So it's great to meet people in person and kind of get that, you know, feel them out, if you will, and and just and just realize these people are real human beings, right? Um, let's see. Coleman Hall, hopefully this beefed-up O-line allows for an elite offense that is complete in both the running and the passing game. Coleman, I agree. You know, it's funny, man. Every time I see something like this, I feel like it, it, it re-triggers my fight or flight but this morning, you know, pro football focus, obviously we're really big on pro football focus with our friend Anthony Trees who joined us over the football season. Well, pro football focus college, uh, Chad Maxwick, who's with them, college football analyst for them, top 10 offensive coordinators heading into 2023 season. Chad Maxwick dropped his list this morning. I'll go 10 to 1. You ready? Number 10, Alabama OC Tommy Reese. Number nine from Florida State, Alex Atkins. Number eight from Wake Forest, Warren Ruggiero. I think that's how you say his last name. Number seven from Baylor, Jeff Grimes. Number six from Oklahoma, Jeff Levy. Number five from LSU, Mike Denbrock. Number four from Wisconsin, Phil Longo. Number three from Utah, Andy Ludwig. Number two from Washington, Ryan Grubb. And number one, 
Number one from Clem Sucks, Garrett Riley. Surprise, surprise, there is no Dowell Loggins on that list. And every time I see a list like that, it's like it re-triggers my fight or flight. <coughs> it really does. It's like it re-triggers my fight or flight when I see a list like that. Let Loggins cook, but I, I saw that list this morning and, you know, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit envious. I'll be totally honest with you. Coleman says, King Dowell doesn't need a great O-line to score a bunch of points. <laughs> Ruination, what's up, my friend? What's going on? Uh, guys, by the way, quick reminder. Shane, we were taking the podium in about 10 minutes or so. About 10 minutes or so, Shane Beamer will speak to the media. Looking forward to it. Um, updating Gamecock fans, updating us all on spring practice. Coleman Hall, at least Dow will probably stay with us until the Arkansas job opens up. Yeah, it's a great question, right? What does he do if and when that job opens up in Fayetteville? And I think he'd be gone. I think he'd take it. I mean, he's an Arkansas alum. I, I wouldn't even blame him if he did that. Um Anyways, though, anyways, we got we got a long way to go. There'll be plenty of time to to uh, to complain about the OC stuff <laughs> this football season. Uh, Jeff Gullis, do you think Riley stays in Clem sucks two years more? I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, yeah, I have no clue. I, that's does Garrett Riley want to be a head coach? I'm sure he does. But uh, Jeff, I would say this that that wouldn't have been a, a deterrent for me. Like if the Gamecocks could have gotten him or wanted to get him, I should say that wouldn't have been a deterrent for me because I'd rather have an elite coach for two years and have an average one for five. Like, I don't care. Like, it's a – dude, it's it's a carousel anyways. You know, I posted the crazy stat this morning. And in case you guys didn't see it, get this. LSU and Vanderbilt, what do they have in common? LSU and Vanderbilt are the only two schools in the SEC who return both their quarterback – and their offensive coordinator from last year. So it really just goes to show you, like the carousel never stops. Like things never stop changing when it comes to SEC football because you're obviously, you're always trying to improve. You're always trying to get better. You know, so, I mean, what difference does it make if he's there two years, if he's there three, or if he's there 10? Like, I, I don't give a damn. I just want the best available option in the present moment. That's all I want. That's all I want, you know? Um, let's see here. Justin Warren, what's going on, man? Looking forward to the LSU series at home. We need to do a big tailgate and lot one for the series. I know CB90 will be down. Hate it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but I understand since it's Easter that Sunday. Uh, Justin Warren, I can assure you CB90 and I will not be collabing on any tailgates anytime soon. I'll just leave it at that. Um, no, no, no disdain, no distaste, no, no, uh, slight or anything like that. I, everything's good on my end. I'm just... Rest assured, I, I don't think a collaboration on tailgate is going to be happening anytime soon, my guy. But you never know. We might do something for the Saturday game. I have no idea. I'll let you know. Um, more than likely, though, I'll probably do, be doing live stream watch-alongs for those games. I, I'll be totally honest with you. That's probably what will be taking place. But, uh, no, I, I would not, Justin, just to be completely transparent and be blunt, I would not expect to see TSUS and probably any of the other Gamecock entities collabing on a tailgate anytime soon wouldn't hold your breath would not hold your breath <clears throat> but uh yeah justin i'll let you guys know I, I may come to the come to the yard for that series i think it'd be a great one obviously especially we keep winning uh we take care of business this weekend i mean i think getting down there for one or maybe two games would be awesome 
But uh, it's just really going to depend, man. It, it's really going to depend. I'll let you guys know what the plan is. Again, I, I think live stream watch-alongs would do fantastic. But uh, you never know. I mean, I definitely want to get to Founders Park a couple of times this season. So um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Coleman Hall, the carousel never stops. But thankfully, our offense was so putrid last year that it's only up from here. Yeah, outside of uh, outside of the last two games, my friend, you are right. You are right. Jeremy Wardell, Beamer wasn't the best option by the expert predictions for head coach, and we got him, and he's turned out pretty good. I hear you. Yeah, no, Jeremy, for sure. I mean, listen, I'm not trying to reopen the scab that is the OC stuff and all the, <clears throat> all of the, uh, you know, all the feelings around that, if you will, because I, it's funny. I feel like we could spend the entire preseason talking about it, but it, it was uh, highly criticized. And, you know, it's funny. I had somebody this morning tell me that, well, we know how, we, we all know how you felt when, when Dow was hired. And I would just say this, guys. I mean, he's our guy. I believe in Beamer. Thus, I believe in Dabble Loggins. But all of my concerns around Dabble Loggins when he was first hired, they were justified then and they're still justified today. You know, his lack of experience, his resume, like those things are all still there. Those things didn't go away. The only thing that's going to going to uh, make those things fade in the background is producing on the field for us. That, that's it. That's it. So... Because that's, at the end of the day, obviously what matters. But the, the concerns are still there, for sure. I mean, it, it's it's a huge storyline going into the season, no doubt. It's a huge storyline going into the season. But, listen, they've said all the right things. Recruiting's been fantastic. So, hey, everything's great at this point. Now it's all about just producing on the field and, you know, taking the players you've got. And uh, you should have a good offense this year. There, there's just no excuse. There's no excuse not to have a good offense this year, no doubt. Jeff Gulledge, I feel that they, USC, felt he would have been a one-and-done as an OC and passed on it. Did they pass on Garrett Riley? I have no idea. Todd Smith, while we're on the Clem Sucks football, South Carolina football subject, tickets are ridiculous already. I bet they are. I bet they are. I bet they are, my guy. I bet they are. Uh, Brian Dean says, never been a Founders. My last baseball game was at the Sarge. You definitely need to go, my friend. Brian, you definitely need to go. You absolutely need to go to Founders Park. Justin Warren, I hope the series is 2-0 or 1-1 going into Saturday to make it worth it. To make it worth it. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a great series, Justin. I do. I think it'll be a great series. Here we go. Jacob E. with the brutal honesty. Loggins was a terrible hire from the start, but we're all hoping it works out. <laughs> Jacob E. with the brutal honesty here. Brandon Wagner says, I hope Dowell leaves after two years to become Arkansas's head coach. It means he actually did well. I mean, that's, you know, it's it's a, it is a positive. It is a positive when you're in a position where, you know, your coaches are being courted because it means you have great coaches, right? It means you have great coaches. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'd have no problem with that. I'd have no problem with that. So, I'd have no problem with that. Let's see here. Austin Greer, for what it's worth, PFF College is a joke. Hmm, why do you say that, Austin? Seems kind of harsh. Brian Dean, our offense only goes as far as our Achilles heel, our offensive line. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Guys, again, Yardcocks <clears throat> taking on the Citadel tonight. I've locked it in. Nine to five, I think the Gamecocks will get the job done. I don't think the Citadel is very good this year. I don't think the Citadel is very good this year. Hunter Kelly talking about our new quarterback coach from the Panthers. Don't know much about him. 
Hunter, I don't know much about him either. Um, I, I don't know really anything about the guy. I don't even remember his name. I'd have to go back to <clears throat> the social media to tell you. Let's see. Let's see here. His name is Sean Ryan. Sean Ryan. So, I don't know anything about the guy other than he's been with the NFL. Um, and it's so funny, though. Somebody commented because his experience comes from the Panthers, uh, Giants, Texans, Lions, whatever. And, and people were were scoffing at his NFL experience, and those teams all suck. And I'm like, dude, Dowell Loggins has a very similar resume. So, I do think it's interesting, though, how Beamer's shown – a real willingness to like load up on NFL guys. Like he he's all about it. He likes bringing guys with NFL experience into the program. So kind of just just kind of interesting. Just kind of interesting. Austin Greer, why is Becker not pitching midweeks? Well, I think Austin just because he threw on Saturday. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think just because he threw on Saturday, maybe they just want to give some other guys opportunities at this at, at this point. So, um, you know what I mean. So. I think uh, <clears throat> I think that's probably why they've got a lot of different options and they they like throwing Becker on the weekend. So, I mean, I would assume that's probably why. So, Mm-mm-mm. Jesse Jacobs, J- Justin Step staying on board to really show people how good of a job Shane Beamer's doing here right now. Yeah, for sure, he's bought in. Yeah, Justin Steps bought in, no doubt. <clears throat> he's bought in, no doubt. Let's see. Jeremy Wardell, it's just hard for me to call Beamer an idiot at this point if he thinks Loggins is the man I trust him. I, th- I don't think, Jeremy, anybody's calling Beamer an idiot. Um, I don't think anybody's calling him an idiot. I mean, you, you do have to trust Beamer and what, what he's done at this point. He deserves the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, I'll just say that it's a huge storyline going into the season. And what I said two months ago stands today. No matter what Slapdicks thought of it then, it still stands today that the hiring of Garrett Riley at Clint Sucks puts more pressure on Dabble Loggins to have success. It, it does. I don't give a damn what you say. It just does, dude. Because if Garrett Riley and Clint Sucks, if their offense balls out and South Carolina, even the, just the first half of the season, they sputter, people are going to look at it and say, well, damn. Looks like we didn't outsmart the system. We didn't outsmart the uh, the talking heads that said that Garrett Riley was one of the best offensive minds in college football because he's having a lot of success. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that is a storyline. There's no question. There's absolutely no question that's a storyline, and I think you're I think you're foolish if you think that that doesn't put more pressure on Dabble Loggins to have success, but hey, there's pressure either way. There's pressure either way. So there's pressure either way. Um, let's see. Here we go. Coleman Hall, who always keeps it real. I appreciate it. Dowell was a D-minus hire. Dowell was a terrible NFL OC with four teams over almost a decade. Dowell has no college OC experience, much less success as one. Shane stated his reasons for the hiring were personal phone calls and recommendations. I personally think Dowell was recommended to Shane by Sylvester Croom as they were co-workers with the Titans, and Shane holds a lot of respect and admiration for Croom. Maybe so. Maybe so. Guys, we're waiting on Shane Beamer, who is speaking to the media any minute now. Uh, We've got the YouTube pulled up. I will share it here in just a second. Here we go. Okay, let's go ahead and start sharing the screen. Boom. You don't need to go anywhere because we have got it here live for you all. We've got it here live for you. 
Hunter Kelly, I believe Nicholas Harbor will be our guy this year. I think he'll definitely play. I think he'll definitely play, no doubt. I mean, Jeremy, I think you keep it real as well, my friend. I think you do. And now, listen, I think everybody that tunes into TBC keeps it real. I was just saying that Coleman is very brutally honest, which I, I respect. I think it, it's fun. It drives banter. It drives conversation. Um, yeah, and Jeremy, if Clemson if Clemson sucks his offense, if they suck, oh, yeah, the, the, the heat will be on Dabo, no doubt. So there's pressure everywhere, man. There's pressure everywhere, right? There's pressure all over the place. Welcome to college football. All right, let's go ahead and get this pulled up, guys. I'm going to take myself off the screen. We're going to tune in, listen to what Shane Beamer has to say here on this Tuesday. If or excuse me, not if, as Beamer updates us on spring practice. Guys, again, I'm going to take myself off the screen, and we will chat after Shane Beamer's media availability. Enjoy. Yep, appreciate it. Thanks for the uh, diehards being out here today. Steve told me that some people are trying to make their way back from Greenville as if it's a trek a trek across the country. So appreciate you guys being here, but in all seriousness, congratulations. What is that? Do you hear that? Appreciate you guys being here, but in all seriousness, congratulations. What is that? Do you hear that? Oh, okay. Well, keep going. Um, congratulations to Coach Staley and uh, her team uh, last night on the awesome win and, and uh, excited about the weekend coming up in Dallas. What a great opportunity and what a testament to their program and the consistency year in, year out. Got so much respect for them. They get every single team's best shot week in, week out. And uh, to be go through the season to this point undefeated is is awesome. Just saw some of them, some of the players downstairs in the training room. Uh, nobody's injured, so no no worries. They were down there with the chiropractor uh, as well. But pretty amazing turnaround that they're playing last night and headed for Dallas today. But know they're excited and wish them luck and be pulling hard for them. Awesome weekend in Columbia last weekend for us. We had our high school coaches clinic and uh, had a great group of coaches, high school coaches that were here visiting, really enjoyed getting to visit with them, uh, really enjoyed uh, hearing from our speakers, uh, Arthur Smith of the Falcons, longtime NFL coach Joe DeCamillis, and then uh, Sylvester Kroom, Frank Beamer, and, and David Cutcliffe on our Legends Roundtable Saturday morning was really, really awesome. So appreciate those guys being here and appreciate uh, all of our speakers as well. It was a fun weekend, great fellowship. Back on the practice field today, just finished practice seven, 
Um, good work. Got some guys uh, injury wise, nothing you know major long term. Just got some bumps and bruises, some hamstrings, things like that. Uh, primarily in the defensive back group, trying to get those guys healthy. Uh, it's good to see Pup Howard back out there practicing today. He's been out for a, a couple weeks with a hamstring, so it's good to see him be back out there running around and and uh, got a lot to get better at. But really like this group and the way they're working. And uh, practice eight coming up on uh, Thursday, and then our first scrimmage of the spring will be on on Saturday morning, along with our ladies clinic, our sold out ladies clinic. So excited about uh, spending Saturday uh, afternoon uh, with them as well. So with that, any questions you guys have? David's not here, so what are we going to do? Is it Gene or is it Colin? They're fighting over it right now. <laughs> Go ahead, Gene. Shane, at this point, um, how would you assess the strengths and weaknesses or your concerns about your run game and your run defense? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, I shouldn't say hard to say. It's through seven practices, so there's bits and pieces of, of information that we've been able to glean. But I, uh, I believe we'll be able to run the ball. I like our – we don't have enough running backs. We've got to continue to increase the depth. So that's an area of concern. But the group, the three guys that are working as our – as our top three right now, Mario and Juju and Decarion, I've really been impressed with and, and their skill set, like our offensive line and, and the way that they've been able to do things. We've got athletic quarterbacks as well. So, um, you know, uh, I've been been pleased with the running game. We've just got to continue to hone in, Gene, on what schemes we're going to run, what we're best at, along with, you know, who are the guys that we're going to be able to to count on. And then uh, run defense as well. You know, a lot of times in spring practice, it's there's a big play on the offense. It's because the defense misfit a gap, or if there's a big play on the defense, the offense is, you know, missed a block or stepped the wrong way or whatever. But, um, you know, I've seen signs of us really being able to do a good job. Our defensive backs tackling. We had some runs on Saturday. We didn't scrimmage, but we had some live, you know, 11 on 11 tackling periods and played it like a game. <clears throat> and in those, you know, situations, we had some runs that popped out of there that safeties and corners were able to come up and make tackles. That was good to see. And, uh, you know, we, we're really we're working a lot of guys in there at the defensive line and linebacker position to try and figure out who we can count on. So to answer your question, you know, strengths, I, I think we're we're in a good place as far as installation and, and showing signs of being able to run the ball and stop the run better than what we did last year. Areas of concern would be just continue to develop the depth on both sides of the ball to figure out, you know, who we're going to be able to count on and and um, and, and the schemes that we'll, we'll be able to use to to be efficient. Keep the tradition alive and say thanks for doing this. But <laughs> you talked a couple weeks ago about throwing a lot at these guys mm -hmm. offensively from an install perspective. How has that gone through the first seven practices? And is this offense probably where you'd expect it to be through the first two, two and a half weeks of spring ball? Yeah, it is. Uh, Dow and I met and talked about that yesterday, just kind of where we are and what we need to do going forward and, and um, <clears throat> how to continue to get better. We have, you know, thrown – a lot of them, a lot at them, you know, so to speak. But a lot of it is is not. A lot of the you know passing game concepts are things they know from last year. Uh, if you're new here, you're Trey Knox or Josh Simon or Eddie Lewis. You don't know it. It's new for you. But you know, I think just the multiplicity and formations and motions and things like that. We have thrown a lot out of them. A lot out, a lot at them. Offensively, our players need to do a great job of being able to learn conceptually and not just I am the 
Z receiver on this play and I run a 12-yard curl route, understanding what every receiver is doing on the play so you can therefore do more things and, and, and uh, be, be, be dependable and able to use in different ways. So we've thrown a lot at them, but it's been good teaching, good learning, and, and I like where we are uh, right now. You know, certainly that first group off, first offense, the older guys, the returning starters, they've, they're humming along pretty good right now. You know, the challenge for us is the depth behind them, kind of answer, to answer Gene's question, just developing that depth behind them and, and the other receivers and tight ends and running backs and offensive linemen and quarterbacks, they need to come along. They're a little bit farther behind, obviously, and there's a lot of freshmen that are in that group as well, but they're continuing to get better and eager to see how they continue to improve this week going into the scrimmage on Saturday. That first offense, are, are you all rolling with the same group of five up front, or are you mixing and matching in a lot like y'all are, like you said, you're doing on, on the defensive? Side? We're mixing and matching and rolling guys in there, but, you know, primarily, uh, well, we got uh, um, Jalen, Jalen, Nick, slash Ja'Kai, Vershawn, Trey Jones, Wanamaker. You know, I think those six. You know, been pretty regular. Marky Anderson's a true freshman that's, you know, certainly has really opened up a lot of eyes and, and getting some work. But by no means, I mean, we talked about it in the team meeting this morning. There's no there's no jobs that are settled. There's no jobs that we know this is going to be the starting five or the starting anything. We're competing and we're not even halfway through spring practice and um, eager to see do those guys that are working with those top groups, not just at offensive line, but any position, do they continue to get better and separate themselves from everybody else? Or do they get complacent because we're halfway through spring practice and all of a sudden get beat out? That's what I'm eager to see. But uh, we feel pretty good about those guys on the offensive line and, and also some young guys, Ryan Brubaker. Casey Henry has been hurt, but eager to get him back out there uh, coming off surgery. And Brubaker and Grayson Maines. I mean, there's a lot of – uh, young guys that we're excited to continue to get a lot of work. And that's the one thing that we want to do here going forward is, you know, some of these guys that maybe haven't gotten as much work these first six practices, really throw them in there and, and get them a lot of opportunities here the last half of spring practice and see what they can do. Shane, with the versatility that Gargiulo brings to the offensive line, being able to play practically any position, is it about putting him in the position that you feel like is best for him? Or do you feel like it's truly, you know, whatever's best for the team and kind of just putting him there based on, you know, the strengths of the other guys around him? Yeah, um, you know, I think with him, it's it's uh, he's everything you want in a offensive lineman. He's tough. He's nasty. And I mean that in a good way. He's uh, dependable. He's smart. Uh, he plays the game that we want the game to be played like on our football team and on our offensive line. So we're we're a better team when he's on the field and he's got position flexibility. He can do some center. He can play some guard. And uh, the more you can do, the better. And, um, you know, with him, certainly we're always going to do what's best for the team, but we're always going to do what's best for him. And and But what's best for him is probably best for the team. And that's the fact that he can play multiple positions and, and uh, you know, brings a mentality to our offensive line that I like having out there. Uh, you mentioned some guys being further behind. How do you go about fixing that in a short, limited number of practices? Is it just throwing stuff at them quick? Is it kind of trusting the development of the freshman last year? How do you go about closing that gap quickly? Um, it's it's uh, one taking advantage, throwing them out there. And to me, there's only way you can learn and get better is to get out there and get reps. So that's what we did today in some situations. Just threw a lot of those guys out there and just let them go. We'll do that this. On Thursday in practice, we'll do that in the scrimmage on Saturday, get those guys work. But then it's also their responsibility to make sure 
they're doing what they're supposed to be doing in the time now between practice on Tuesday and practice on Thursday, though, they got the rest of the afternoon uh, from an academic standpoint. But then when they're free, are they spending that time on football and doing doing everything in their power to learn what to do? And if you know what to do, you're going to get more opportunities. And then when they come in here tomorrow morning and we we have a special teams meeting at 8 a.m., do they learn in that special teams meeting and get better? Then when we break and the offense lifts and the defense meets and then the def- then we flip it after an hour and a half, are they using that time to, to get better? So it's not just to me the Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays that we're practicing. It's it's the whole bulk of spring practice. There's a lot of learning opportunities and it's spending the time that they need to spend outside this building on football. and. And um, and uh, but then also making sure they're capitalizing on every opportunity they get out there on the field as well. And then it's our job as coaches, obviously, to figure out what they don't know and why they may be struggling with something or whether it be a technique or a scheme and, and do our job and coach and teach as well. You mentioned running backs. I think you guys have what, like two scholarship running backs right now. I guess, do you have a magic number there that you want to hit or, or anything like that? And then you, you mentioned Marquee as well. Just obviously the offensive line of all the positions is one of the harder ones to break into as a freshman. I yeah. mean, how, how's he kind of been able to do that? Yeah, running back-wise, like I, our ideal number of scholarship running backs is five. And we're at, if you count the carry on as a running back, he's we're at three. We got one coming in in uh, in, in uh, DJ Braswell, so I don't think we're in crisis mode there. If we can add another running back or find another running back, just from a depth standpoint, that would be ideal. But again, that also goes back to the guys that just because you may not be on scholarship here, that doesn't mean that we're just moving on. We 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 recruit walk-ons actively. And we try and bring good walk-ons in here that can contribute to our football team. So there's opportunities for, yes, we have two to three scholarship running backs right now, but we've got some other guys that came here as walk-ons that are doing some good things this spring as well and eager for those guys to continue to come along. And, and we talked about it this morning in our team meeting. Like when we go play North Carolina in game one up in Charlotte, I'm not getting on the bus with only three running backs. We're going to take five, maybe more running backs up there and, uh, so who on this team is four and five? And if it's not somebody on this team, then we got to figure that out. But they're getting opportunities to show if they can be those guys and um, and then being able to contribute on special teams as well. And then Marquis, he's been fantastic. He's uh, comes from an awesome family. First and foremost, he comes from a great program at Dorman. He's a great young man, and he's really, really, really smart. Um, really smart. Uh, we're using him. He's another guy. He's playing some left tackle. He's playing some guard. And to do that as a freshman and hold hold your own out there is pretty impressive. And um, really excited about him and, and his development. The moment's not too big for him. He's He understands what we're doing schematically. And he has shown some toughness as well in, in practice. And to me, that's the hardest, like you said, it's the hardest position to play as a freshman because I mean, you're Jalen Kilgore went to the prom Saturday night. You know, I mean, you should still be in high school getting ready for prom. And instead, you're out here blocking Boogie Huntley and and guys that are four or five years older than you and have been in a weight room program, weight program for four or five years. And it's hard, but he is not uh, lost by any stretch of the imagination and shown intelligence and, and toughness at the position. So excited about him as he continues to develop. A couple questions. One, kind of going back to running back a little bit with. DJ Braswell, for example, what what are y'all allowed to do now? Can you kind of refresh me on, on what y'all are allowed to do with, with your signees before they get here in terms of 
meeting with them, talking to them, playbook and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, they're like DJ was here last weekend for practice. So I mean when they're able to get over here, uh being able to get around our program as much as I can and kind of learn what's do what's going on. So DJ was here for practice and was able to sit it sit and be around and watch what we're doing. And then, you know, in the meantime we're able to um uh, intro the offense and, and get them up to speed. But I think sometimes that's overrated. I mean, I don't know. I shouldn't say overrated. Whatever you talk to a guy about maybe schematically in, in March when they're in high school and running track, I really don't know how much they're going to retain when they get here in June or the end of May really is when they arrive. For them, the best thing, Hale, is what, that the NSA allows us now to have essentially the summer to prep them for practice. And we're able to do more from a football standpoint once they're here in regards to meetings and being able to go out on the field with them than we ever have in college football. So they really get the month of June and the month of July to, to get ahead for us to be able to meet with them. And, and it's essentially kind of a, I don't want to say extra spring practice because we're not practicing, but mentally they're able to really get caught up. But we're able to do you know quite a bit right now but it's it's also you know limited uh, 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 in regards to what we are doing with them. And, and the other one was recruiting related. Obviously, I'll crank back up last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, been pretty fruitful so far. It seems. But can you sum up your thoughts on? Yeah, so far? Um, really been pleased. A lot of great prospects that have been here uh, on campus for uh, four practices, whether it be on the weekends, which are obviously huge numbers, or Tuesdays and Thursdays, or even during the week when we're not practicing prospects that are here from. South Carolina and then multiple states as well that have been on campus. So really pleased. Love it when they do come here. You know, all they talk about is the, the energy at practice and, and the way that our guys are competing and working on the field. And they've been other places and talk and they talk about how the energy here in this, not just on the field, but in this program um, is different. And, and I love, you know, love to hear that. So excited about it. we had a bunch of guys here today and we'll have guys throughout the week and this weekend as well. And, and uh, gearing up for a great environment for the spring game here in a few weeks. And that'll be great from a recruiting standpoint as well. But as I've always said, whenever we can get prospects and their families on campus, this, you know, campus, this city, this facility, this program, you know, sells itself once they're able to get here. And it's been a lot of positives being able to get those guys back on campus. And we got to capitalize on each and every day. With the scrimmage coming up, what are some things you'll have your eye on and looking for from the team? Yeah, um, one, being able to, to operate. Obviously, a lot of the things that we're doing uh, offensively are new, just the mechanics of stuff. And we're not going to have coaches out there getting guys lined up every single play. You know, I mean, can we get um, can we get the communication from the sideline to the quarterback and the play run cleanly and and the personnel groupings in and out? Can we not beat ourselves and have dumb penalties like that from an operation standpoint? Same thing on defense, too. I mean, we've always used multiple personnel groupings on defense, and, and we'll continue to. Um, and then, you know, I'm just looking forward to watching our guys uh, compete. There's a lot of new faces, and uh, whether it's true freshmen or transfers and just watching those guys out there in those setting, that setting uh, for the first time, um, I'm um, – I'm looking forward to. So they've been working hard. The spirit and energy and compet the competitive spirit and energy and toughness they're practicing with right now has been awesome all seven days. And uh, we'll just, I want to see that on Saturday also. Shane, all you coaches talk about uh, we have a great culture here, or most of them do. I, I mean, you didn't come in from Oklahoma and instantly it was a great culture, or I'm guessing it probably wasn't that first day. But like, how long did it take for you to say, okay, we've established this culture and it's a significant real thing here? 
It's a good question. Um, it definitely wasn't immediate. And I mean, I still think every day it's a work in progress, Gene. I mean, I think we're in a great place right now, but by no means have we like think that we got it all figured out and that we relax. And because, because every year is so different with the number of new people that come into your program each and every year. But early on, I mean, we were very intentional about it, especially when, when I first got hired. I mean, I wasn't spending a lot of time from a X's and O's standpoint in the offensive and defensive meetings when I first got hired. I mean, I was in the weight room and out on the field and around these guys as much as as much as possible. And and, um, you know, I mean, you certainly saw signs of it uh, when you first you know first got hired and or excuse me early in the stages of getting hired throughout spring practice there's things but they're constantly learning and we're constantly teaching what we want and I just think it's an over time thing that's built with with trust that the players back in 2021 that first spring and season you know understood that uh um, what we wanted, that we were going to be honest with them. We weren't going to say one thing and, and do another. And I'll always go back to game, would have been game two of 2021 uh, when we went and played at East Carolina. And um, at that point, we really hadn't faced a lot of adversity as a program. Luke Doty got hurt in preseason practice, so we had to – overcome that and that was a time where I realized that all eyes are on me in regards to me being the head coach and the players on this program were looking at me but I think back to that day in Greenville that I mean we went down 14 nothing uh first play of the game we went down seven nothing after we warned them to watch out for the double pass on the first play of the game um but we're down 14 nothing but I was I'll always point back to that day and be really, really proud because we were down 14 nothing, and there was no panic. And, and that was the first time that as a program we had, fe- we had dealt with adversity. And they realized that we as coaches, we didn't change. All of a sudden it wasn't like we were screaming and yelling and all that. We just continued to be ourselves, and we came back. And we didn't play pretty in the second half, but we came back and won against a good East Carolina team that day. And, uh, you know, I was proud of – I was proud of that. That was a sign early on. And then throughout the season, I think we lost the next two after that. But after that, we never lost two games in a row. We always would come back after a loss. And so I would say that was a sign. And then just the way that our guys worked and got better throughout the season was really kind of evident to me that, okay, we're, we're on the right track. We got good people in this program. And, and um, you know, I think there were just little signs throughout the season as well. But, again, it's, it's still – intentional each and every day because there's a lot of things that we talked about in 2021 and in building this culture that guys are here now that have never heard me say and um it's me for me it's balancing the message I gave a lot of these guys in 2021 with being stale because they've heard me say it over and over but then it's also the first time some people are are hearing it as well so it's it's a it's a constant constant uh, uh experience are you in position to comment about Sean Ryan joining your staff? I believe so. Um, yeah, uh, I think everything's been gone through. Uh, yeah, we've brought on uh, Sean as uh, you know an offensive assistant, uh, somebody that I've uh, know didn't really know him well. Phil knew of him for a long time back when he worked with the Houston Texans. Uh, Bill O'Brien was the head coach of the Texans, and he, Billy was the uh, uh, running backs coach when I was at Georgia Tech as a graduate assistant, and. Uh, Billy was the head coach, and Craig Fitzgerald, the whole strength coach here at South Carolina, was his strength coach. And 
And I went out to Houston two or three times just to spend some time with those guys as a coaching staff and didn't really spend a whole lot of time with Sean. I was with some of the other guys that I knew, but just uh, watched him coach and knew of him. And uh, obviously being up in Charlotte last year with the Panthers, and it was an opportunity. The guy was close and and um, uh, had some connections to Dow. And it's just another set of uh, – Another set of eyes, very similar to a role that Freddie Kitchens was in for us last year. You know, another set of eyes for those guys in that offensive staff room, and somebody that that has coached offense for a long time and continue to can continue to make us better. And again, any staff hire that I make, I'm I'm a less is more guy. I don't want to be hiring people just to hire people. I want to. Uh, I don't want a ton of people in this program that don't have defined roles. And this was an opportunity to get somebody in here that could that could make us better. I was going to say, do you guys have any kind of official word on Strawn or Dante Miller? I know that that assumption is they're going to be okay, but have you guys gotten anything official there? Strawn is official. He is good to go. Um, and uh, excited for him and thankful that the powers that be, powers that be decided that. And then uh, Dante, we're still waiting on final, final word. Jack Wilson off to the NFL with the Jets. Is there any plans to replace him? Have you already replaced him? And, and I guess who's dealing with some of the his responsibilities while he is off to the NFL? Yeah. Um, one, congratulations to uh, Shaq. And excited for all of our young coaches that, that get um, opportunities. Don't want to lose them, but excited that, you know, guys that have left this program, they've left not because they were – unhappy and trying to get out of here they've left for promotions in their career and uh and uh excited for Shaq nobody loves Carolina more um I was in Mexico on spring break and he called to tell me that he had been offered the job and I mean he was emotional on the phone telling me that he was taking the job because of how much he he loves this place and uh I appreciate that and but a, what a great opportunity for him excited for Shaq um he loves Gamecock football and Gamecock athletics through and through uh, as far as his role right now, you know, he was an analyst, so it's kind of by, by committee. Fortunately, we're in spring practice, so we're not doing a lot of or any breakdowns for an opponent that we're getting ready to play this Saturday. It's more – it's our own team, so there's not quite the workload that you would need from an analyst standpoint right now. So he, you know, kind of assisted as an analyst. You're not allowed to coach right now. He assisted Jimmy and Sterling with that defensive line, but, you know, those guys are fine right now as far as what, what they're doing. Uh, so we really haven't had to have anybody, quote, unquote, pick up the slack. And then certainly we'll, we'll look. That's something, you know, we lost a uh, – we uh, – um, uh, trying to think. Who else did we lose on defense? Um, Devontae, yes. Devontae got an opportunity uh, as well. So with Devontae uh, being uh, – moving on and then Shaq moving on, there's a couple, you know, positions there on um, – on defense as well. And then we took Trey Money, who's one of our graduate assistants, who's done a great job. And we have made, we're going to make Trey here in time, one of the analysts on defense as well. So we've got a, we've got some flexibility on that defensive staff. And, and that's something that, you know, Clayton and I have talked about what we want to do with that side of the ball next. He and I just really kind of want to get through spring practice, see what our needs are, where we can find somebody, if there is anybody that can best help. Uh, our defense and our and our football program here uh, going forward. But we've talked to some people um, uh, about some positions on the defensive side of the ball, and we'll kind of see where things go. 
Shane, your signees and commitments becoming um, in social media some of your best recruiters. Um, is that a bigger thing as you recruit better and better players? Yeah, I think so. I think um, it's uh, certainly when you've got guys that are committed to you and they're actively out there trying to recruit other people to your program, absolutely. And, and we've got some really, 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 really good players committed to us right now, and they're trying to actively recruit some really, 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 really good players to join them as well. So I think that's huge. And I tell our players all the time, like even when we when we excuse me, when we bring in players to our program on recruiting visits, we can show them all this and do all we want as coaches. Our best recruiters are our own players because as coaches, we can sit here and tell you how great things are and how we treat our players. But if we're full of crap, they're going to be with our players and our players are going to tell them the truth that these guys are full of it. And so our players are our best recruiters. Same thing with the guys that are committed to us. And I think it's a test or it's a you know, just another example of the world's a lot smaller right now uh, with social media. All these kids know each other. Um, a quarterback in Connecticut can develop a really close relationship with an offensive tackle in Dorchester, South Carolina, or whatever it may be. And that wasn't the case 10 years ago or even that long. So they all know each other. They're able to connect. They go to a lot of the same events and, and things like that. We had a bunch of committed guys that were here last weekend, and it wasn't like I was – calling them, telling them, hey, you all need to come this weekend. One of them decided to come last weekend, and then the next thing you know, the whole crew is here, and they're trying to get other people. So love that aspect of it. Love that they're passionate about this place and want to recruit other people to it. And uh, certainly those are, they're really good players uh, that, they're, um, that, that they're recruiting, and we want to recruit really good players here, um, here to this place also. Who's going to Dallas? One. Gene? No? You got Nolan Waterbury. Yeah, what? Well. I got my, what? Nolan Waterbury, too. Oh, I know. Hokies. Yep, I know. That could be an interesting Sunday if both teams, uh, both teams advance, for sure. Go Gamecocks, though. Okay, that's going to do it for Shane Beamer. Very interesting comments today. Pretty much par for the course, but uh, Shane Beamer speaking, updating everybody on spring practice. Of course, he mentioned Carolina will scrimmage this Saturday for the first time this spring. Uh, should be really interesting to just hear what comes out of that. And uh, guys, we're going to go ahead, jump into the first break of the show. On the other side, though, I do want to hear from you, your questions, your comments, your calls, and we'll talk about everything Shane Beamer had to say and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377 as we enter our number two here on this Tuesday. Uh, guys, I've been getting this question a lot about the weather tonight in Charleston. Uh, people asking about rain. Will the game get pushed back? Will it get delayed? I'm not seeing that. I I've looked at weather.com. Looks like it's about 20% chance of rain all throughout the night. So I, I think uh, South Carolina should be good to go. I don't, there's any plans to postpone the game or move the game or, or anything. The weather looks to be clear. So uh, we'll see if that changes. But from what I'm seeing, from what I'm seeing on my end, I think that we should be good to go. Um, so yeah, if anything changes, obviously we'll update you. But I think South Carolina and Citadel should have no problem getting the game in. Uh, also, by the way, guys, I do want to mention this. It is game day for South Carolina softball. 
The Gamecocks taking on Clem Sucks tonight up there at their place in the upstate. The Tigers ranked fifth in the country. So it would be a huge win for South Carolina. Um, again, Shane Beamer just spoke to the media, and I see you guys' comments, and we'll get into them. Of course, the running back room, <clears throat> that is a topic of conversation and one that's going to be a topic of conversation all off-season, all preseason long, if you will. Um, let's see. Talking about Will Hall says, <clears throat> excuse me, guys. <clears throat> Will Hall says, I find it a little odd. Beamer seems relatively satisfied with the running back room. Probably didn't want to give a negative impression, but it's got to be a cause for concern. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think Shane Beamer's a guy that you're, you're not going to see him be overly critical in the spring, especially, you know, with the media. But I, I thought he made it very clear, you know, saying that he's told the guys, hey, you know, when we travel to, uh, you know, Charlotte for the UNC game, game one, we're not just going to take three running backs. We're going to take four running backs. We're going to take five running backs. And so you think off the top of your head, who are going to be the five or who are going to at least be the three that he feels confident in? I think you look at Juju McDowell, Mario Anderson, right? Dontavious Braswell. Did Carrion Joyner is going to go either way, whether he's going as a receiver, quarterback, running back, what have you, he's going. So I don't even know if you include him in the five that he's talking about because I think he's talking about true running back. So again, McDowell, Anderson, and Dontavious Braswell. Who are the other two guys? And while I respect Shane Beamer showing love to the walk-ons because he himself was a walk-on and certainly walk-ons can make an impact, guys, I think it's a matter, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when and a matter of who they get out of the transfer portal. Like There's just no way that South Carolina does not go to the transfer portal. And again, so to hear Shane Beamer and, you know, is he, <clears throat> excuse me, is he pleasantly surprised with the running back room and and what have you? You know, I, I think Beamer's just a positive guy. And I don't think he's going to use, I don't think he's going to use a spring press conference to critique his depth in that room or critique the bodies that he currently has, right? I think he's an uplifting, positive coach. So you're not going to hear him come out and say, man, our, our depth is just terrible. You know, our guys are no good in this room and we got to add some bodies because there's just no quality depth here. You're, you're not going to see him or hear him say that, I should say. So um, I, I definitely think, again, they're going to go to the transfer portal. They're going to go get a, a game changer. They're going to go get a guy that is a proven power five guy. Because even I see Coleman Hall, oddly, I don't feel nervous about the running back room. DK is a fifth-year stud who is one of the best dual-threat running back or running quarterbacks in his class. He's more than cut with the ball in his hands. I hear you, man. I, I hear you, but I, I would feel much better. I would feel much better with a proven power five ball carrier back there. I, I mean, I understand that the carry-on joiner is a Swiss Army knife, but I, I'm talking about Coleman. Like, who's RB1? Who is RB1? Like, right now, we have no clue. We have literally no clue, and it's like I've mentioned you guys many times. I don't think it matters who RB1 is coming out of spring practice because I don't think RB1's on the roster. Straight up, I don't. I do not think your starting running back for this season is on the roster. Um, Austin, when did I ever say we're going to get a stud? I, I just want a guy who's been somewhat productive at the Power Five level. That's it. I just want to be a guy that that I'd feel confident as being our number one guy, and also. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, Austin, I'm very impressed by the way that you, Austin Greer, school teacher, knows about who's available in the portal more than everybody else. I had no idea. That's impressive. That's impressive. Um, anyways, let's see. Mm-mm-mm. Are there no be- are there none out there any better than what we currently have? Like there's nobody out there that's done anything at the power five level. I'd take the guy from Minnesota. I'd take him. Why not? Unfortunately, we missed on that guy from Utah because of the physical. That sucks. That would have been a really good pickup. But we'll see. I mean, it, listen, if we, if, if we have to roll with who we roll with, then we'll just throw the football a lot and we'll do the best we can what we have. But I would like to add one more guy. It, it, ideally, I, I think they would. And he just mentioned they don't want to just take three guys on the road. Like, they got to take more than that and – <clears throat> Again, I, I respect Beamer showing love to the walk-ons, but realistically, like we need to take five SEC bodies, five SEC bodies, not just not just five guys, but five SEC bodies. So, um, anyways, we we'll see, we'll see, and you never know. I'll, I'll say this to Austin Greer's point, though: you don't know what's going to open up in the portal once it opens. Like you don't know who's going to hit the portal, you don't know who might move around. We have no idea, right? Everybody's just kind of going through spring ball right now, but who hits the portal, we don't know. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Dalton. <clears throat> Dalton, what's up, man? How are you? Doing all right. Um, how's it going for you on this Tuesday? I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate you asking what's going on. Um, so I wanted to call and uh, sort of steer the conversation a little bit uh, back to, you know, what's what's going on on the field. Obviously, last night, South Carolina women's basketball punches their ticket to the final four for the second straight year, which everybody expected. Mm -hmm. Um, But sort of my next question is, you know, one of the biggest matchups we'll have this year and a lot of people have been wanting it is that Iowa matchup. Do you expect that we'll have any issues with Iowa on Friday night? I mean, I'm sure we're, we're just going to sort of cruise. I mean, I'm I'm sure Caitlin Clark's going to get hers, but I mean, I, I think we'll have a great plan. I mean, this this team's calling card is defense, I feel like, for the Gamecocks. I feel like their calling card is the defensive side. 
they're suffocating. So, I mean, I'm sure they will have a game plan ready to go to, to limit her as much as possible. I, I would imagine so, right? So, right now, the line is minus 12 and a half. Mm-hmm. It just dropped today. Okay. Are you taking minus 12 and a half? You know, I, I in my score prediction, I, I in turn had Maryland covering 14 and a half, and I got burned. So, um, yeah, I'll take South Carolina. Why not? I mean, I, it, it just – it's more of a risk, I think, to bet against the Gamecocks than on them at this point. So, I don't think you're going to get rich betting against Carolina. And then another question I have is, I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of talk has been made about Will Sanders. You know my opinion mm-hmm. about uh, Will Sanders and his current uh, his current form, if you will. <laughs> What, what exactly do you, would you need to see in order to say Will Sanders is has regressed to a point where we can't rely on him as our Friday night guy? Because, you know, I watched the game Friday night. There were just so many walks, so many, you know, uh, mislocated fastballs. I understand that when it's right, it's some of the best stuff in the SEC. But the problem is it hasn't been right for like the entire first month of the year. So, I mean, at this point, we've got other guys that we have on the staff that are more productive in the, at the SEC level. And I just feel like, you know, whether it hurts his confidence or whether, you know, whatever happens, you, at some point you're going to have to make a change unless, you know, he, he just starts shoving and, and changes his entire, you know, season stat line completely around yeah and I, I mean I, I think you need to give him that opportunity to do so and I, I mentioned right that uh, I wouldn't make the change you know I would give him this weekend see what he does on Thursday against uh, Mississippi State and go from there you know if he struggles in that one even if you win um, you know I, I think that you really have to take a look at okay like is it time to shuffle things up and it's a tough decision right because when you're losing <clears throat> Dalton when you're losing it's easy to make those decisions, right? It's easy. It is. When you're losing, it's easy. Because it's like, okay, we got to make a change. We got to change something up. It's harder when you're winning, though. And so it's like, do you really fix what isn't broken at this point? Because even though he's not pitching well, we are winning. I mean, we're four and one in his starts. We're winning. So Yeah, I mean, I'd... obviously I'm I'm happy with the record. You know, yeah. that that's not what I'm complaining about. But <clears throat> my main concern is that as you know, I mean the, the college baseball season, unlike the major league season, is so much shorter. Yeah. There's only so many weekends in the in the uh, regular season, and then you're going into postseason play, right? So if you, you know, give him too much time in that spot going into postseason play, and you don't, you know, hone in your rotation, you don't hone in your batting order before regionals come, you're in a pro, you're in a, a problem because come regionals time you want everybody to be know know what their role is mm-hmm. know what they have to do and then all you got to do is go out there practice and and be ready to win games yeah. you know yeah for sure and I, and I agree with you and I, I would say this though you know if if Will Sanders goes out there Thursday seven and he's pitched you know two earned runs 10 strikeouts we're having a different conversation so 
I'd like to see him get the opportunity this weekend. We'll see. Do they shake it up now? Because I think what's so intriguing, what's interesting about it, you know, is we're having this conversation. You got Mississippi State this weekend, who's lost 17 straight SEC games. So you feel pretty good about your odds, even if Will Sanders doesn't throw great, right? You feel pretty good about your odds. I mean, we're talking about a Vandy team that scored 26 runs against them in game one. So um, the bats should be able to stay hot. You should be able to score and, and yeah, overcome. Yeah, I mean, but make no mistake. Make, make no mistake that the Bulldogs have a lot of talent. I mean, yeah, but you, you know, you a lot of people yeah. have said, yeah, a lot of people have said they suck, they're no good, yada, yada, yada. But Mississippi State and Ole Miss are two of the most talented teams in the SEC. Obviously, the SEC is loaded with talent. But in my mind, you know, if you if you allow yourself to slip up, then they're going to take advantage of it because right. they're looking for a bounce back right now. Right. You and know? I mean, and it's and it's a little bit. Uh, it makes you a little bit uneasy when it's like it feels like it's such a no brainer and you're expected to win. And again, they've lost 17 in a row in SEC play, and it's like you know, we all want to pick the sweep, and I think a lot of us will pick the sweep. But at some point, like Mississippi State's going to win an SEC game, like it's going to happen. And like you mentioned. You don't go to Mississippi State to play baseball if you suck. Like, they've got talented baseball players. I agree with you 110%. But the point I was making on the whole Sanders thing is, like, even if he doesn't have his best stuff, I don't think he has to be, like, dominant for you to win that first game. So, the question will then be this, Dalton. I mean, do you really go into the LSU series changing up the weekend rotation when you're taking on the number one team in the country? Like, is that really, do you think, the time to do so? And so I just wonder, will that force them, will that force their hand in this weekend going ahead and almost getting out ahead of it, getting out in front of it and making that change? Because I think this is the weekend to experiment if you were going to do so. You don't want to be experimenting against LSU, man. I, I, I just don't think so. And I'm not saying that it'd be a huge experiment or anything like that to, you know, to bump Noah Hall to game one and, and move Will back. And I think that's probably what would make the most sense if, if you were going to change things around. But I just think, Dalton, I'll say this. I just think that as long as Carolina is winning, they're not going to mess with anything. I, I, I just – I don't see it. Baseball's such a game where, again, you don't mess with a winning streak. Like, when things are going your way, no matter what's happening, you keep it rolling. I, I just – I don't think you change things for the sake of changing things. I, I don't think you do that. So, I think what they're going to do, if I have to predict – I think what Mark Kingston, Justin Parker, and company, they're going to evaluate this thing. And I, I would think the way they evaluate it right now is this. We believe, Will Sanders, that although he's off to a slow start, there's a reason he's projected as a first-rounder. There's a reason he's our number one guy. There's a reason he's our ace. We believe he will pitch like an ace sooner rather than later. And we're not going to mess with the mojo that Noah Hall and Jack Mahoney have going in games two and three. I think that's how they're going to proceed for it. I would be shocked. And I I don't know that I'd even agree with the move, but I'd be shocked if they made that move going in this weekend. I just I just don't think you, you mess with things for the sake of doing so. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm not – I'm sort of undecided. I'm not really I, – I am leaning more towards the, the side that, you know, I, I just don't – something's off about Will Sanders this year. I'm not sure what it is because you even saw it during the, uh, during the non-conference play. So I'm, I'm undecided at, at this point. 
you know, obviously, like you said, we're undefeated in the SEC, which is great. You know, we want to keep that going. But again, you know, we've got a stable full of arms. A lot of them, you know, are, are, SC, are, are MLB prospects. And, you know, you can't allow this guy who is obviously immensely talented to weigh you down in, in that primary spot that you need. Because come the postseason, winning that first game is so important. It, it's mm-hmm. And, you know, if you don't change it up, if you don't get your rotation locked in before that, then it, it's going to be an issue. Yeah. So that that's all I, I have. Mm-hmm. And obviously I'm hoping to sweep Mississippi State or take two out of three. But again, like I said, you know, you're not just going to go into duty noble and, and uh, you know, push Mississippi State around. Uh, especially the way they've been played, playing. You know, they're going to be fired up. Uh, they're going to be ready to sort of, you know, get back out there and try and um, try and get their season back on track. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're going to get a much tougher Mississippi State team than what they have been playing like in, in the last two weeks. Yeah. For sure, Dalton, I think you make a lot of great points. And listen, I, I will say to your point, I, I think that there is reason to not be weary, just be looking at this weekend with a bit of a critical eye because I, I'm with you, right? Like I'm expecting South Carolina to – I'm already – I'll tell you this, Dalton. I'm actually mentally preparing myself that winning two of three is a success and it's a good weekend. I think there's going to be a lot of people that go into this weekend that say if we don't sweep, it's a failure. How do we lose to this team? But like you just kind of mentioned and hinted at, and like I told you, like at some point, Mississippi State's going to win an SEC game. Like they're going to. They're not going defeated in SEC play this year. I'm not saying that like we we should lose. I'm, I'm not saying that. But baseball is a funny game, isn't it? And it's like you feel like when you have it all figured out, that's the time when it surprises you the most. You know what I mean? Like that. that's when you see some of the most ridiculous shit happen. So – I would just say that winning two of three is still a great weekend. Obviously, if you can take, if you can get the sweep, you'd certainly love to take advantage on Saturday. But, uh, anyways, I think you make a lot of make a lot of great points in regards to the weekend. All right, man. Well, I, I hope it turns out good, and I hope that we win. And then, obviously, hope we win Friday night. But that I just wanted to give my input on that, and we'll just see what happens. You know, yeah. I I don't wish for failure for Will Sanders, but. Mm-hmm. Also, I understand that, you know, this is Gamecock baseball, you know, that we're not just going to roll some guy who's struggling out there because we don't want to hurt his feelings or, you know, what have you. We're, we're here to win games. We're here to win national titles, you know? Yeah, exactly. No, I agree. I agree with you 110%, man. Absolutely. All right. Well, you have a good one. Dalton, you're the man. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for the call. Great stuff from Dalton and, uh, you know, you know, I, I think he makes a lot of great points going into the weekend for sure. I think he makes a lot of great points. Uh, Will Hall, Chris, what were the results of the Twitter poll from yesterday? Great question, Will. Great question. Yes, the Twitter poll. Let's see. Can I get it pulled up? Yes, here we go. Let's see. The Twitter poll. Final results. Final results. Here we go. The question was this. Should South Carolina move Will Sanders out of the game one spot? In the weekend rotation. 61% said no. 
39% said yes, and this is of 1,153 votes. So, if you pay attention to the wrong people on social media, you will think that uh, moving Will Sanders out of the game one spot or even to the midweek or just he should be cut from the team. I feel like some of these people act like that uh, that's the move, and uh, the majority actually thinks that it's not the move. So, 61-39 out of 1,100 votes say no. Leave it alone. Uh, Austin Greer, was the stuff about Sanders in Tennessee ever confirmed? No, it was not. I, I think, Austin, like, literally you were the only one that told me that. I mean, <laughs> and, and I mean, I, your sources have been right a lot, but I, I just, I never heard anything, like, concrete or anything that would suggest that it that it was, that it was confirmed, that it was confirmed. So, um, let's see. Yeah, Coleman, obviously, I know, I know that you hope that South Carolina destroys Mississippi State. Uh, Bruin Nation, Boston, Beal, and Cook might come back. All have another year, their COVID year. Josh then responds, I don't see them coming back. They all walked on senior day, and the tears Boston shed tells me she played her last games at CLA. And yeah, Bruin Nation, I would say this too. I believe that that uh, Boston posted something about like my final time at the CLA. So I'd be surprised if she was back. I'd be very surprised. I'd be very surprised. John Rice, what's up, my guy? John! He says, we're 20 and 2. John, we're actually 23 and 2 and top 10. Don't fix what ain't broke. I hear you. I, I would agree with you. Uh, 12, Chris Smith, thoughts on Boston Posse coming back? Again, I don't think she's back. I don't think she's back. I'd, I'd be kind of surprised. Um, I'd be surprised. Travis says, I'm not saying move him or keep him. I just want the coach to keep an eye on it. We have to keep it on the radar. Yeah, for, I mean, of course they're keeping an eye on it, Travis. There's no doubt. Of course they're keeping And they might do it. I don't know. They might do it. By the way, guys, I, I do want to mention this, and I was thinking about this morning. I feel like I feel like I had a brain fart when I said that the podcast this week, I think, was going to be moved. Because I was thinking about it. I was like, why would the podcast drop tomorrow when it could just drop Thursday? You know what I mean? Why would the podcast drop tomorrow? So we, we can drop the podcast as normal Thursday morning. You know, we can drop it as normal Thursday morning. And I can throw up my my predictions, our series graphic, all that good stuff, and the show will drop. So the podcast schedule will stay normal. I think I got confused because in the past, when we had done Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast, I always had to move that Friday show up. So I think my brain went to, hey, we're moving a show up. But we're not moving a show up. We're not moving a show up. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We're, 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 we're not moving a show. I, I had a brain fart. So, podcast is normal the next two weeks and the next couple of weeks. Monday, Thursday. Monday, Thursday. The podcast will drop as normal. So, for those of you that may have been confused, I apologize for confusing anybody out there. I apologize. Dave and Waves says, if Todd Ellis retires, would you be willing to take his place? Because I feel you're the voice of the Gamecocks. I appreciate that, Bates and Waves. You know what's funny? A lot of people don't know this. I actually did play-by-play for USC Aiken baseball. Uh, I think it was spring of 2015. I did play-by-play for them. So I've done it before. I've done it before. That would be that would be fun, dude. I, I would love that. But I doubt USC would be calling me. Guys, we're going to jump into another break. On this side, I want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. 
All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls. Excuse me, I was snacking during the break. 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. Here on this Tuesday, March the 28th, 2023. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for the continued love and support. Let's see. <laughs> Lynn Turner says, excuse me, guys. Boston will be the number one pick in the draft. She's got all the accolades you can get in college women's basketball. She's ready for the WNBA. There is no need to come back. I, I feel like you're tip, you're, you tend to be right, Lynn. I feel like you're right on this regard for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, let's go ahead and jump to the phone lines here. Call from Robbie Davis, Zaxby's Hall of Famer. To accept, press 1 to send a voicemail. Robbie, what's up, my friend? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? <clears throat> I'm doing great, man. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? First things first, congrats to the Lady Gamecocks for taking care of business once again. I found out last night at the last minute that my brother had tickets for both the games this weekend, so I was kind of jealous a little bit, but it's okay. He's still my brother, and I love him. So anyways, and anyhow, I think this past weekend against Mizzou, showed that if you don't put us away, we can come back and beat you. Because uh, Marion R26 kept telling me, he's like, Robbie, I don't think we're going to come back. I was like, and, I, and I responded, a game is never over until it is over. And then lo and behold, we came back and beat Missouri. And then I responded once again, a game is never over until it is over, and that's with any that's with that's with any sport, not just baseball. But it, a game is never over till it is over. Period. End of story. And I think in order for Mississippi State to have a chance at beating us this weekend, they're going to have to score double-digit runs. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I think South Carolina's got the a massive advantage, and, I mean, State's been just struggling immensely. I mean, that's putting it kindly. So, you know, we, we should we should have a great opportunity to stay hot swinging it. I mean, it starts tonight against the Citadel, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think for sure going to Starkville, we, we should we should have a great opportunity to, to swing it well and uh, get them to come out victorious yet again, so. Yeah, and also – I watched, um, I, I, of course, I'm watching the show now, but I watched the, I also uh, watched the uh, press conference that you had on. And one of the main keys for any spring practice, for any, for anybody, not just South Carolina, is getting out of spring with minimal to no injuries. Mm -hmm. That is key. Because if you if if something goes awry, 
and we lose an important piece for the first couple of weeks of the of the football season, it could come back and bite us in the keister. Well said, Robbie. Spitting fire as always. So the number one key is to stay healthy. Yeah. And I def and and on the, on the Will Sanders thing, okay. Do I think he's better than what he's been doing? Absolutely. You you definitely think the same way, right? Mm-hmm. He's obviously gonna get his money, okay. He's just not having a great year right now. Do do I personally think he's at some point gonna figure out how to flip the switch, flip the switch, and be the Will Sanders that we that we're used to seeing? Yes. Because we are only a couple, of, we're only a month, like a month into the season, and we still got a long way to go. So he could still be the guy, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe in he Will Sanders. Gotta, I, I think he can get it going. It's you know, it's kind of like a hitter getting off to a slow. Find his groove. Yeah, it's it's like a hitter getting off to a slow start. You just I mean, at some point, right, you, you, there will come a point if he continues to struggle where you say, hey, we got to change something up. But I, I don't know that – I don't know right. that that time is right now. I'll just say that. Yeah, it's too, it's too early. It's still a little too early to be making those kinds of decisions. Mm-hmm. Now, if we get to the midway point or near the end of the season and this is still going on, then, yes, something needs to change. But right now, I'd say leave it as is. I would agree. I would agree with you, my friend. So, and I think the only the number one key for the women to beat Iowa on Friday, okay, the number one key, and I mentioned this to Marion on 26 last night while he's dinner. The number one key is make somebody else beat you besides Caitlin Clark. Because when I saw her stat line from the other night, I I I was shocked. So if we can minimize her mm-hmm. and make make her make her have to use others to beat us. I don't think they have anyone else besides Caitlin Clark, in my opinion. So if we can somehow shut her down, and of course I'm pretty sure Don Staley has already decided, okay, deal, you're, you're guarding Caitlin Clark. Wherever she goes, you go. Because mm-hmm. she's our best defender. And all season she's been guarding our opposing our opponent's best player. So shocker, Beal's gonna be guarding Caitlin Clark. Yep, you stop Caitlin Clark, I think you stop Iowa, my friend. <clears throat> Pretty simple as that. So So And I also 
agree with you that our starting running back is not on – I don't think our starting running back is on the roster. Do I think those, some of those running backs could wind up being a starter in the future? Mm-hmm. Probably. We still don't know yet. But at this moment right now, I'd say the second that that portal opens in May or, when, or whenever it opens or whatever, get get somebody. Like you said, get somebody that has big has has had good games in SEC caliber football, mm-hmm. and that is that I think I think Beamer should I think he's going to do that for sure. And I definitely. I'm hope I'm 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 hoping that um the as as you as, I think as you put it one time as I hope the double logins experiment goes great, but like I said before, we ain't gonna know until September. So yep, not gonna know until we'll we hit the field. Double logins is made of. Yeah, not gonna know till we hit the field. We're, we're gonna yeah, but and and I've said this too before also, just because somebody was a crappy coordinator in the NFL does not mean they're going to be a crappy coordinator in college. Same thing with college. Just because you're a bad coordinator in college doesn't mean you're going to be a bad coordinator in the NFL. Mm. It's just sometimes you're better at pros and sometimes you're better at college. You just got to figure out which one you're better at. Right. Well said, Robbie. Hey, I appreciate the call, man. Always a pleasure. You're the man. Uh, No problem. Yeah. Great stuff. No problem. You have a great rest of your day and a week and a great week. And uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Appreciate it, Robbie. Always a pleasure. Same here, buddy. Yeah, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Great stuff from Robbie Davis. I want to jump to this topic real quick, guys. Shane Beamer confirming today that Jordan Strawn has uh, been approved for his seventh year of eligibility after suffering an injury last year very very early in the 2022 season Strawn will be back and I would expect him to be a big time impact player for the Gamecocks this year you know he's a guy last year that I was really high on you know I think Jordan Birch before the season was the dude everybody was talking about but I told you guys Strawn would not be surprised if he led South Carolina in sacks and I will stand by that going into this season as well and I think he'll have uh, I think he'll have a chip on his shoulder, right? Wanting to come back and show people what he's made of after the injury last year. You look, I mean, this is a guy in 2020 that led the FBS in sacks. Ten and a half sacks a season ago, or excuse me, in 2020. Had three forced fumbles that year. Uh, had 41 total tackles, 14 tackles for loss at Georgia State. So I think this is a dude, you know, he's long, he's lanky, he's got the athleticism. I think he's going to be a fearsome player off the edge for South Carolina. And he needs to, right? Because it's a position of need to the Gamecocks, especially after players like Birch and Edmund hit the portal, departed, if you will. It is absolutely pivotal that, jo- uh, excuse me, that uh, Jordan Strawn, yes, has a big year for the Gamecocks this season at that edge position. And it was huge news that we got today that Strawn has indeed 
received that seventh year of eligibility, I think he'll be a big-time impact player for you. And I think he's one of those key dudes, guys. I'll go as far as this, guys, to say that for this defense to, at minimum, sustain the level of play they were at last year for the run defense to have any shot at improving, I think Jordan Strawn is a guy that absolutely needs to have a big year for you. I think he's a key piece of this Gamecocks defense heading into the 2023 season. So certainly somebody you're leaning on, and I think uh, the stars should align. I think everything is set up for him to have a really, really big year for the Garnet and Black. Uh, let's see. Let's get back into your questions. Coleman Hall posed this earlier. In case you missed it, would you get a Dowell Loggins tattoo if the Cox won 11-plus games, beat Clem Sucks, and led the SEC in scoring and favorable passing stat? You know, Coleman, I, I don't know that I'm really in the business anymore of making gas uh, or ass tap bets, if you will, or tattoo bets, but I will say I, I don't think we're winning 11-plus, so I, I'd feel pretty confident saying that I'll make that bet because I don't think we're winning 11-plus games. I don't think everything you mentioned is happening. So, um, Brian Dean, Devil Loggins offense will average 368 yards per game, 32.5 points per game. You heard it here first. 368 yards per game. Would that be good enough? I think I think we could win eight games. What's your Brian? With what you've laid out, I think we could win eight games. I think we could. Um, let's see. Let's see. John Rice says, "Dig up an old play-by-play video." Well, unfortunately, John, those videos are not on YouTube. Ruben Nation says, bro, could you imagine Gamecock Twitter? <laughs> oh, man. Old Gamecock Twitter. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Keeps on giving. <clears throat> Let's see. But, yeah, big news. Big news. Um, big news that Jordan Strong will be eligible this season. Uh, I think he's a guy that certainly, like I mentioned, guys, could be a big-time, big-time impact player for you. I think most were predicting him to – lead South Carolina in sacks last year. You know, Jordan Birch was obviously the guy that we were, you know, that we, we were looking forward to seeing, you know, is this his breakout season? And, and uh, you know, unfortunately now he's gone and uh, it'll fall on Jordan Strong a lot of it because, again, the edge position certainly is a position of need. Guys, let's jump into one final break. On the side, I'll continue to hear from you more, your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final 10 minutes or so in the Daily Crow. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. As I said before, guys, a very, very busy next week and a half or so in the upstate. Uh, of course, this weekend, we're hosting watch parties for the Final Four and the National Championship Friday and Sunday, obviously, of course, assuming the Gamecocks are are in the national title, which we all think they're going to be. So I'm going to go ahead and say Friday and Sunday, watch parties, Final Four, national title at Carolina Alehouse on Woodruff Road. Of course, this week on Thursday, so just two days from now, we will be at Carolina Alehouse, downtown Greenville. And then next Thursday, the tour continues, we'll be at Carolina Alehouse, Woodruff Road. So a lot of events over the next week and a half or so for all the upstate Gamecocks, really, really fun stuff. 
and looking forward to seeing you guys uh, out there at those different locations. Really excited for it. Um, let's see. Mm-hmm. Again, guys, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. In case you missed it, Shane Beamer speaking to the media today. Shane Beamer speaking to the media. Really, really good stuff today from Coach Beamer. Um, first scrimmage of the spring this weekend, so should be exciting stuff. We might 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 hear some uh, some valuable insight in regards to. The boys and what's going on. So, anyways, though. Really exciting. Also, again, Gamecocks taking on the Citadel tonight. Sam Simpson on the bump. Looking forward to seeing how he spins the baseball. Really, really cool stuff. See him come back from injury and get the start tonight at the Joe down there in Charleston. Really good stuff. Guys, again, of course, in all of our stops, we have merchandise for sale, the Beamer Ball towels, the koozies. We've got the, the tour shirts. We've got koozies to give away. So when you come out, be sure to check all that out. Also, of course, the Thursday tour event this week and next week will serve as watch parties for baseball. Of course, we'll watch the game against Mississippi State on Thursday night this week, that game on SEC Network. And then next Thursday, Gamecocks take on LSU in an absolutely huge series, a huge series at Founders Park. Going to be a lot of fun. Um, I know Justin Warren was asking about, Warren was asking about uh, tailgates and such earlier and stuff like that. You know, I I don't know if I was kind of vague, but I want to say this, by the way, because, you know, Justin was talking about TSUS collabing with with some other entities out there, what have you, to throw a tailgate. I want to make it very clear that, uh, you know, there are no Gamecock creators out there, literally none. Any of the podcasts you see, any of the creators – uh, whether they're full-time, some of the time, part-time, or barely in the time, there's none out there that I have any sort of any sort of disdain or beef with or, or negativity towards or anything of the sort. I've told you guys many times that I think Gamecock fans are very blessed and fortunate to have so many different options when it comes to different content creators and, and different conversations that are being had and perspectives that you can seek out, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, inevitably, when you're on this journey and we're rocking with TSUS and we're doing certain things and, you know, when you're bold and you have an opinion, uh, not everybody's going to be a fan of that. Not everybody's going to show love to that. Not everybody's going to show support to that. And there is, uh, you know, just call it for what it is. There's a lot of jealousy in the Gamecock space. There's a lot of jealousy in the content creator space. And so you're not probably going to see TSUS collabing with any of the other entities out there. Uh, anytime soon for anything like tailgates or shows or, or anything like that. And again, that's all fine. It's all love. I wish those guys and wish all the other Gamecock creators nothing but the best because I've told you guys many times before, you know, just because you try to dim someone else's light, it doesn't make your light shine brighter. Like, you don't get the top by chopping people's heads off, right? Like, you just don't do it. So, um, you know, I was asked about, like, partnering up with, like, CB90, stuff like that, whatever. And I don't want to put words in this mouth, but CB90 is a guy that – has gone on record on social media, has gone in Twitter spaces, and has openly talked shit about the Spurs Up show and talked shit about me and questioned my ethics and questioned my business and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, he feels some type of way about TSUS, as do many others out there, and that's totally fine. Um, 
and it's no big deal. And again, I wish him nothing but the best. His podcast, his show, his his life, whatever it might be, the CB90 house, whatever it is. But uh, yeah, anyways, bottom line is this. I just would not hold your breath and would not expect to see any collaborations on tailgates or shows or or anything like that anytime soon. We're rocking and rolling what we're doing in regards to content. We're rocking and rolling in regards to, you know, if I want to throw a tailgate, I'll just do it. I'll do it with me. Um, and we'll just leave it at that. So <laughs> just we'll just leave it at that. I mean, that's just calling a spade a spade, not calling anybody out. But uh, yeah, again, I'm just telling you all, you know, I definitely would say support all the Gamecock entities, support all, all Gamecock content creators. I don't think all the others would say that necessarily. I'm not sure they would all echo it, but I'm in a place where, you know, it does nothing for me. It does nothing for me for anybody. You know, I'll have people, heck, I'll have people in the Big Cock Club Discord uh, that'll tell me like, hey, sorry for supporting this person. I, you know, I know they don't like you or maybe you don't like them. And I'm like, dude, support everybody. Support all the Gamecocks that that produce valuable content. You know what I mean? Produce all the Gamecocks that, or, or excuse me, support all the Gamecocks that produce valuable content. I, I, I'm not, again, there's not a single content creator, Gamecocks content creator out there that I have any sort of disdain or distaste for, I think that's counterproductive in regards to energy. And uh, it's why I simply just don't do it. I mean, you guys tune in this show every single day. You tune in the podcast. Have you ever heard me go on record on this show and openly talk shit about and throw shade on any of these other Gamecock entities out there? And I'm, I'm not going to start today. And it's just not something that I do. Uh, there's just no point. You know what I mean? Again, that's not why you guys follow this show and, you know, my commitment is to creating great content and having banter and, and talking ball. And, um, I mean, there's just really no place to – there's no place for that type of banter. There's no place for that type of conversation, and that's why I do not have it. So, um, you know, I, it, that's, it is what it is. So, anyways, just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, just thought I'd throw that out there. I mean, again, I, I'm just saying I, I wouldn't hold your breath. And, you know, I know CB90, for example, Jeff, good dude, and we've done some work in the past, and – uh, I thought it pushed a lot of value to the end consumer, but uh, you know, listen when when you when you operate the way that I operate, you make decisions and you make bold decisions for business and life and and merchandise and content and all that, and, and you stick to it. You know, I, I, I listen. I respect a guy like CB90. He's a loyal Gamecock fan. You know, gives generously to NIL and uh, you know wears the garnet and black glasses. I don't say that disrespectfully, but it's just the truth. Wears the garnet and black glasses. And I am somebody that does not do that. And so that's where it makes that that's where it becomes tough for a guy like CB90 to to rock with and, and even respect, you know, what I do. And and that's totally fine. That's totally fine. Um, you know, I, I respect him and what he does. And, you know, I don't even need it to be mutual. You know what I mean? I, I really don't. So it is what it is. I, I'm not trying to single out CB90, but you just, you know, Justin mentioned him specifically in the comments, but uh you know, any of the other Gamecocks podcasts out there, any of the other entities, I, again, I just would not hold your breath on on TSUS. We are kind of the pirate ship over here. We are doing our thing. We're solo dolo, and we're independent, and that's how I like it, honestly. That's how I like it. So uh, we'll continue to commit to making fantastic content, great content for the masses. And when I get to Founders Park, I'll get to Founders Park. I don't even know if I'll make, I'll make an announcement about it, to be honest with you. I don't even know that I'll make any sort of announcement about it because, you know, as I, I love – I love engaging with and mingling with Gamecock fans, but again, that's really what the Carolina Alehouse tour stuff and the watch parties, that's what that serves. If I go to a game, I want to watch the game. And I'll be honest with you, that's been kind of one of my favorite things about doing the watch parties at home is that I'm actually able to watch the game. You know what I mean? And, and still create content actively and and the advantages to creating content and being on my phone and being plugged in, if you will. But uh, 
I'll get to Founders Park a couple of times. You know what I mean? It, it'll happen. It'll happen at some point. And, uh, you know, when it does, though, like I said, I probably won't make a huge deal of it. I'll just want to go enjoy a ball game. And I don't know that we'll be throwing any tailgates or anything like that. But we'll see. You never know. You'll never know. We have the power to change our mind over here. So we'll see. We'll see. <clears throat> Anyways, guys, just uh, just felt it was important to just kind of give you guys an idea. I mean, again, there's, there's you know, I, I didn't want to make it sound like earlier that I have any sort of any sort of distaste or <clears throat> disdain or, you know, negative emotions towards anybody out there because I simply don't. But I, I just do not think that it really aligns in regards to the business side of things for TSUS and the content and, and just the other creators and, you know, wish them all nothing but the best and uh, wish them massive success. But, uh, you know, I, I like the way we're doing things right now. I like the way we're rocking, and I think uh, you guys do as well. And with that being said, we're going to continue to rock that way. So with that being said, guys, if it's 2 o'clock, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.